0: The Professionals of Professionalism proudly present Lewis Howard Lodge, your crisp communicator with principal insights for pop culture with a tech edge. And now a man who needs no introduction, Lewis. Hey, welcome to another edition of Lewis Howard Live. Thank you for being part of another conversation all about you and helping you become the best version of yourself. Where are you? Where do you want to be? And hopefully we can give you some powerful insights to that. Thank you for our new listeners in the U.S., Trinidad, Tobago, Australia, Australia. Canada, and now we got Brazil in the house. Shout out to Brazil. Thank you for downloading and listening to Lewis Howard Live and uh, sharing it hopefully with friends and family and co workers and people that you think could benefit from the conversations that we are sharing together. You can always reach out to us or on Facebook, uh, the Lewis Howard, Instagram. Uh, where else can you get me? You can get me on Twitter. Right. Spotify, YouTube, iTunes. We're just expanding every place that you can reach us and we can share a conversation today. I got some really good stuff for you. I got something that you probably can't get in a book. You can't Google it, Zillow it. This is something that has come out of my personal treasure trove of relationships. And so today I want to share with you the lessons that I have learned from the rich. The wealthy, right? So for 20 years, I have studied wealth. I have studied the business of money. I've probably read close to a thousand books on wealth, business, success, finance how to go from failure to success, how to go from nobody to somebody, zero to a hero. I got him. I have studied him and spent time investing because I came from nothing. I came from the wrong side of the tracks, three mothers and two fathers, going to 12 schools in 10, 10 seasons. So I know about struggle, but I wanted to learn about success. And so I read books like How to Swim with the Sharks with Harvey McKay, uh, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, Positive Mental Mindset, Norman Vincent Peale, The Art of the Deal, Donald Trump, The Wealthy Barber, God Wants You Rich by Paul Pilsner and Many, Many More Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki and just until I could I could fill a room with the books that I have read. But in addition to that, I've had the the honor and the privilege and the opportunity over 20 years to be mentored by several multimillionaires and a billionaire. Right. So that's enough to get a doctorate degree if you're paying attention. Right. So spend 20 years with those kinds of individuals. And many of them, I work side by side with them. Uh, The most influential being John Buchan, who I worked for for 10 years, a billionaire developer, and real estate owner. So I learned firsthand some things about how the rich think and they think very differently than poor people, right? Cause you're either on one side or the other rich or poor, right? And there's different mindsets de- depending on where you are. So I thought I just would share with you today, just some of the insights that I have gained as a result of hanging out, with financially independent people, people that didn't have to work for a living, uh people that had enough money to last them their entire life, right? And just ran their own companies and their own organizations. So, just want to share with you some things that I think are helpful and uh and you can email me and let me know some of the thoughts whether they hit home, don't hit home or whatever. Uh insight number 1, was they all had a strong work ethic. Most of them got up at four or five o'clock in the morning, got their news, started their day ahead and not behind the day. Right. They were halfway through their day by nine o'clock. Right. Some of us are just getting out the bed at nine o'clock. We're just rolling in from the night before at noon. Right. So I learned from working around these individuals because I get calls at early in the morning where i had been out late at night. I'm like, okay, I got to fix that because this guy's getting up at four or five o'clock in the morning, making seven uh, calls at seven o'clock in the morning. So strong work ethic. I mean, their their idea of a day was a 12 hour day. Right. That was a day's work to them. And so they would start early and then they would be done. So strong work ethic was one of the most consistent things that I saw in all of them um, that I that I work with. Insight number two was they didn't indulge in excesses, right? So excess partying, drinking, whatever that would be, eating. They all had a discipline about their life. They enjoyed it, but they didn't overindulge in it. It wasn't an excess. They didn't miss a meeting because they had been out drinking the night before, right? Or they weren't coherent on a conversation because they're on medication or drugs or whatever. They all wanted that sober mindset when dealing with their business, right? So it's just important to know that That everything that's permissible for you to do is not profitable for you to do if you want to be a successful business professional. And a lot of times it doesn't have just to do with you, but it has to do with the people that you are responsible to or accountable to. If I go out and have a long night and I'm getting home at three o'clock in the morning and my team is calling me at seven o'clock because they got an urgent matter and I can't take the call because I'm just not there, if you know what I mean, right? And I got to push that. Off now, I'm pushing off the responsibility and accountability that I have. So strong work ethic is really important, and it's one of the things that I learned from my uh, millionaire and billionaire mentors. Uh, insight number three is most of them were married, uh, albeit that some of them were on their second and third marriage, right? But they were all married. They all believed in having a stable family life as a part of their business and. Success, So not perfect by any means, but they still if the the one marriage didn't go up, they'd find another that didn't go well. They'd find another. Right. But they would also just also just believe in the power of family and that stability. So if you're joining us, we're talking today about some lessons, some insights that I got to take away from mentors that were multimillionaire and one billionaire mentor that have. Uh, influenced me and instructed me over 20 plus years. Uh, insight number four was they had worked for other people at one point in their life and was either fired or quit. Right? They either decided that they, they did not want to work for that person or company or team anymore or they were fired. Right? And so they went out at that point and started their own company, their own organization at that point. Um, they also had gone broke several times and and had financial failures in their, in their life. So it wasn't like it was just this easy road for what we call self-made uh, millionaires or self-made financial independent. They actually fail several times uh, going through that. 95% of them were A-type personalities. So let's talk about what an A-type personality is. A-type people are different to deal with, right? So when I work for uh, the development company is when I went in to see uh, John about anything, I had about five minutes to talk to him. It it didn't matter what it was because his attention span was only going to be there for five minutes. So whatever I needed, I had to say it, make it clear, and have an ending and an action point. All within five minutes. So one of the things that it taught me was to be concise, right? When you're dealing with successful people, you have to have an elevator pitch and be concise. So if you were to run into Bill Gates, you need a 30 second elevator pitch. That's going to impact the conversation, right? Not hi I'm your biggest fan or God, how much money are you really worth? Now have a concise approach. If you get the opportunity to spend time with them Is they have so much on their plate. They have so much going on. They don't have time for BS. They don't have time for long drawn out conversation. Say what you need to say. Let's get at it. I got to move on. Um, I remember one time I had this big ad that I was going to do for John. And so I laid this ad out and I'm thinking I'm doing the right thing. Hey, I want to get your approval. And here's the ad and here's how much it's going to cost. And I just need you. Okay. And he looked at me and he goes, what do I have you for? Right. If I got to prove it, then what did I hire you for? So they they want people who can make decisions for themselves. Right. Most of us wouldn't do well around those type of individuals, because uh, as we're going to get into many more insights, there's just a whole bunch they don't tolerate that we let tolerate in our lives. We let grass grow where they will never let it grow and where they will never tolerate it. So that's the difference. If you really want to really be in that category of people, you got to make some changes in terms of how you think. And I did. It took me several years. I had to I had to buck up. I had to change a lot of the way that I thought and what I had been raised in coming from where I had come from. So today we're talking about how you learn from rich people. Right. Most of us want to be rich. Many of us on the road to be rich, but do we know how to live rich, right? Because I see some stuff on TMZ that tells me some people don't know how to live rich, right? They got all the money, but they don't know what to do with it because they haven't learned the lessons. Most did not have mentors. Most didn't have people to teach them how to manage their money. It's why many athletes within three years of being out of the field that they're in, they're filing bankruptcy. Right. They are losing their stuff. Right. Because they didn't know how to manage their money. The stories that we see about a Michael Jordan or LeBron or uh, uh, my favorite guy, Magic, those are rare stories. Most stories of athletes after they leave their profession, it's not that way. Go Google it. Go check it out. It is statistically known. Uh, What they have to go through both from a health perspective and a financial perspective, because you need that mentoring ship. And that started before you get the big contract. Right. It doesn't start after you get it. It starts before you get to that place. So I'm hoping that I'm reaching somebody today that you're about to go into your biggest opportunity in life and you're about to live large and have it big. You're working on the big contract, the big deal, the big record deal, the big football, whatever it is. I'm hoping that one of these thoughts gets into your head, that it'll be able to guide you through your success for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. So we're talking about insights. Ninety five percent of them were a type personalities and they were hard drivers of themselves and other people. One of the things I had to adjust is how fast they would fire people. Right. They just did not have a tolerance for somebody that would not produce or make excuses. They get you out of there and they get you out of there quickly. Right. I would like people because they're a cultural fit. And I go, that's a nice guy. Fire him. Why? He's not producing. Stop. He's not, not. He's not driving. It's not driving hard enough. Right now. I have a lot of challenges with our, our president and you can you can have your different views, which I'm sure you do. But one thing he doesn't tolerate, if you're not on his page, you're out. He will get rid of you and get rid of you quickly. That is very in line with the people that I have worked for and worked with over 20 years. They're the same way. They don't sit around and wait for you to get it. If you ain't got it, there's a door. Now, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's the reality. So sometimes if you got kicked on the street, it wasn't because of the color of your skin. It wasn't because of your gender. It wasn't because of your resume. It's because you didn't produce. And they just didn't have the time for it, right? It's not a charity. It's not, well, we'll give you time to come along. It's not school. These guys are out for blood. It is business. And if you don't perform with them, you're going to be out on the street. I had to learn that because the first time it happened to me, I thought, what a racist. Right. Kicked me out of the company. How could they do that? Right. But then I thought about it. All right. What was I supposed to do? What did I do? What's the delta between that? OK, missed some places. OK, so next time I get that shot, I'm going to be better. But you know what? I could have become the victim at that point. I could have sued him. I could have went in a litigation. I could have done all of that because I was looking at the wrong thing that these guys are Result. And we'll talk about that a little bit more as, as a couple of insights that I've, I want to share. So we'll do one more point and then we'll take a break and come back and continue. Insight number seven was they love nice things, right? Let me tell you, these people know how to spoil themselves. They don't have a home. They have homes, right? I worked with the last guy I worked with. He had six houses. He had a house so big that I thought it was a shopping mall, Right. Right. They have toys, you know, 120 foot yacht, two airplanes. Right. So these people know how to live and how to reward themselves when they obtain their success. Right. They love excellence. My favorite term for those kind of people is they have a behind the gates lifestyle that you and I don't have visibility into. I got to go behind the gates. I got to live and see how they live. And it's pretty freaking amazing. You want to try to get there if you can, because it's pretty awesome. Right. But they do love nice things and they love to uh, take care of people on their team and on their companies that are doing a great job for them. Right. Uh, last point for the to break is they had vision. And they only hired and retained people who were in line with their vision. Kind of like the earlier point. They just didn't keep people who didn't share their vision. They didn't handle dissenters very well. Right. It is my way or the highway. It's my name on the door. And if you don't agree with it, then you can hit the bricks. That was the basic philosophy of it. So, Hey, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Lewis Howard live. We're talking about some powerful insights. You don't want to miss it because this is good stuff. Want to take a quick break, pay a bill or two, and then we'll be right back after these messages. Hey, welcome back to Lewis Howard Live, broadcasting multiple nations. Over 100,000 people have downloaded the show. We got 250-plus episodes for you to enjoy in case you've missed any. And, of course, as I always say, if you missed any part of the segment of the show, you can go back, hit reset, and it'll download, and you can get the whole thing. Today, I'm reaching into my personal treasure trove of information, my library, to help you get some amazing insights that I've learned from being mentored by five multi-millionaires plus one billionaire, right? What a great experience that it has been to be able to get inside the life of individuals, that really are doing it every day and doing it in a big way, right? So so when we dropped off, I was just sharing is the nice things. One of the things I learned about the rich, the wealthy, is they love to reward themselves, right? If they have a successful project or something that turned out the way they want it, they reward themselves. But I'll tell you about that. The insight on that is that they only bought things that their profits paid for. They didn't go into debt to buy the houses, the cars, the planes and all the things that they had. They let their profits do it. They'd have a business that was just designed to buy them golf clubs, right? Or buy a new car. So that's the way they did it so that they never went in debt. And the other thing about the things that they that, that I learned is all of their stuff was debt free. I personally witnessed one of my multimillionaire mentors write a check for two cars separately for his wife. Right. Not for himself. He bought her two cars, paid for them in cash. End of story. Right. I saw him pay 14 million dollars for a property debt free. Right. So that is the mentality of a lot of the wealthy individuals that I've worked with is they have a debt debt free mentality. They don't mind debt when it comes to their business and they'll use it as leverage to make profit. But in their personal life, they believe in a debt freedom. So just as a mindset for you, as you're thinking about how to build your business, how to build your success, you got to have that debt free mentality. It shocked me that they could buy a $14 million house and be debt free on that. I'd never seen anything like that. Right. I'd never seen somebody write a check out for two hundred thousand dollars for a car that just that was way above my station in life. Right. But let me just tell you, raise the bar for me to be able to to see that. Right. To say, hey, we're going to go down to King County Airport, jump on a private jet and we'll be down in Cabo in about two hours. Take a lunch. Right. It's a whole level of living. But remember what I said, they work hard and they also Play hard. So these are just insights that that they're real stuff. This is not some out of a movie, out of a book. This is something that I've experienced uh, doing my course of working and being mentored. Uh, one insight, uh, number nine, is they valued their name. Many of them put their names on their product, on the buildings, on their assets. Right. We know that that our president Trump has his name on buildings all around the world. Right. The mentor that I worked for had his name on the door and on the neighborhoods and everything we built. So a lot of them call it ego. You can call it whatever, but they put their name on it and they will stand behind their name. One of the most powerful lessons that my mentor taught me, he says, always protect your name. You can always make more money, but you cannot easily make another name. You get one chance in this life to make a reputation, right? Facebook can't make your reputation. Instagram can't make your reputation. It can only promote the reputation that you already have. So value your name, whatever you're doing. If you're going to be bold enough to put your name on something, then you're going to have to value it. You're going to have to protect it, right? Because you won't get Multiple chance. We can all think of somebody that name is bad. We wouldn't want their name attached to us because their name is bad. Right. No matter how much money that they have, their name is bad. Right. Not to bring up bad memories, but would you want OJ Simpson branded with you in what you do? right? Because of his name, right? So I'm just thinking, think of examples of people that you go, I wouldn't want to be in partnership with this person because of the name. So one of the things that my mentors taught me is value your name. Don't let your name get drugged through the mud. Make sure you protect your name. If somebody else is using your name, then make sure that they are being proper with your name. All right. So one interesting thing, and I talked about is that they are result driven. They don't allow excuses. There are no excuses allowed for failures. Right. So they were very hard. My mentors were very hard on me about getting results. Right. Don't allow room for failure because it is a, it is a weakening process if you keep allowing uh, excuses on why you didn't show up on time, why you didn't do it. Let me t- let me talk about that for a second, because one of the things that they were very sticklers about is time. Right? I remember that if I showed up at a meeting at six o'clock, I was actually late. That the expectation was I would be there a quarter to 6 and ready to go with the meeting at 6. right? I remember getting left at a boat dock one time because I showed up at 6:05. He took off at six o'clock, right? As a message to me, value time. Right. So if you're not a person that you work on, what we call CP time, Hawaiian time. Right. You're probably not going to do well with multimillionaires and billionaires because they they work on very precise, precision time. So you've got to check yourself if you're going to run with that crowd, because time is very important to them, their business, their life, the way they live. They don't like to waste time. And they don't like time wasters. And so if you get booted out of that club or out of that circle, it's usually because you're wasting their time. Don't waste my time. They'll say, don't waste my time. I don't have time. Don't waste my time. Right. So it's just an important part of that. So if you're just tuning in, we're just giving you some good, good stuff. Insights of multi the rich, the wealthy that I've learned and worked with over 20 years. Okay. So I'm going to have a little sensitive conversation here, especially for my fellow brothers and sisters of color, because I hear this a lot in the news, especially as it relates to individuals that are rich and they are white. Okay. One of the things that I learned around all of my mentors and they were all white, right? Is they weren't racist, right? We this thing about racism is being thrown out there. And maybe some people are I'm not saying everybody else because I don't know everybody. But I'm just talking about the six people that I work with that I thought they were racist because of some of the things that that would be said. But the deal was they weren't. They just were elitist. Okay, so there's a difference in understanding an elitist An elitist believes that they're better than everybody. Right. Not just you, because you are of a certain tribe, color, race, creed, or background. They believe they're better than everybody on the planet. So that's a little bit different than being a racist, somebody that's targeting a particular group, gender, whatever. They just think they're better than everyone. So a lot of those people had a more of an elitist mentality, which if you don't study and understand, you may confuse that with the other. I'm not saying either one is good or bad. I'm just saying that was the difference that I had to learn when I'm working with those individuals in terms of how they talk, how they live, what their lifestyle was, and so forth. All right, so insight number 12 was they had a level of generosity to people who were loyal to them and worked hard for them and got the results, I can tell you many a time that I received bonus checks, gifts, property, opportunity, assets, things from my mentors because I did a good job for them. Right? I got the results that they were looking for, and in many times I exceeded the results that was expected of me. So one of the insights is: is always do above and beyond. Right? Always go beyond. Don't just do the job that you hire, hired for. Exceed the expectation. And that works in customer service. It works in any realm. But it particularly works when you're around people of influence, power, wealth, and money. Is always try to find the extra that you can do. There's your reward when you're working with them. You won't be rewarded for doing the job. They'll just pay you for the job and then move you on. But if you can do something, so so for example, in one of the companies that I managed, we had a goal to make 10% margin and profit on our product and service at the time. I produced close to 20%. So I exceeded what was expected and I got a reward for that. Right. So that's what I'm talking about is, is don't just do the job. Try to do exceedingly and abundantly above what you ask. And it not only benefits them, but it will actually benefit you as you move in your journey. Uh, Let's talk about. uh, Let's see, I've got a little bit lost. Oh, so one of the things that was really important in insights is that they they demanded respect and they demanded honor. Right. If you disrespected them, you were gone. Right. They just had no tolerance for people who tried to embarrass them, shame them, not give them their due or whatever. So respected honor was a really important part of that. We could call it ego. We can call it whatever. But it was certainly one of the things that I sort of observed in that. Um, I would say the not so good thing that I learned is that many multimillionaires and and the wealthy that I work with had strained relationships with their children, right? I would say that was the one thing that I wasn't the most proud of that I would see is that most of their children didn't have good relationships with them, right? And most of their children saw them as an ATM, as a bank. And that's challenging. And I, I believe that for the most part, the reason is is because they invested so much time in growing their business, and expanding their empire that sometimes the children and their younger years got lost in the process. And so that was a recurring sort of commonality that I saw with them is that and eh, relationship with the kids, not so good, right? Relationship with the business, money, success, really good, but children. So so family has to be a big part of your success is trying to find that balance between building an empire and then the people that are beneficiaries to that empire. You want them to love you, not because of the empire, but because your mom, your dad, and your whatever. And so the other thing, too, is I didn't share is that that three of those individuals, multimillionaires, were women. So I don't want to assume that they were guys, we were all men, but they were all uh, a combination of both men and women. All right, a couple more points and we will we'll wrap it. Um, you had to Know that one of the things that I learned as a commonality is that they reached a point in their life where they never had to worry about money ever again, right? And so what I got to see is a freedom that they enjoyed about their life. They went where they wanted to, when they wanted to, and they did what they wanted to do when they got there, right? They would only show up in the office because they wanted to be there, right? And so that's a different level of freedom because I grew up in a work family environment, nine to five on your grind, 40 hours a week. Right. That's the mentality I grew up. So to see someone that literally had enough money that if they didn't want to get out the bed, they didn't have to get out the bed or they wanted to walk in the store and buy the store, they could buy the store. Right. That's just a level of freedom. That's just awesome. It's kind of cool. Right. And so I picked that up as a part of what I want to obtain. Am I there by any means? No, but I have a model and I have an example of what it feels like to have that freedom, to have that freedom of generosity, that freedom to to give to other people, to do things that you want to do for yourself and for your family, for people that work for you. So the story of rich and wealth is not about the person's individual net worth so much as what do they do with the money? Who do they give to? We love the story of Bill Gates because a large percentage of his wealth he's giving away. Same with Warren Buffett, Uh, the late Paul Allen, who lived in the area that I'm broadcasting the show from, that owned the Seahawks and many other companies. You know, they give their wealth away, which is a great but I want to know what the person's insight is into their life. And so I spent the time to study. And I will have more coming in future podcasts that will help you and continue to give you just some insights. And, again, so appreciate you sitting and being part of the conversation for us. And uh, we'll continue to run these shows, produce the new show. we got guests coming. We've got lots of stuff. We just set up a new Facebook page so you can hit us up on F- Facebook, Lewis Howard Live. We've got that going. got the website going. So we're getting it all going so we can help you be the best version of yourself. Thanks for joining us. We're out. We'll see you on the next version of Lewis Howard Live. Have a great week. The mission of the Millionaire Club Charity is to provide jobs and support services to those in need in the Puget Sound region. Since 1921, the Millionaire Club Charity has operated a supportive employment program that specializes in helping people who are experiencing homelessness or other barriers to employment. Temporary Staffing Solutions connects men and women with employment opportunities to over 1,100 businesses and residences in the greater Seattle area. The Millionaire Club also addresses the housing needs of its workers through transitional housing. To learn more and to get involved, go to millionaireclub.org or call 206 728 jobs.